0: Battle is back. It's me, Daniel Levy, your host. And man, once again, we got a great episode of Half the Battle today. We got Josh the Gentleman Hill. This guy's taking on Marlon Moraes for the 135-pound title at WSOF. You know, a lot of people thought he won the first fight, so uh, he knows he's got to go in there and finish the fight this time. We're also talking to Damian Brown. He's a UFC lightweight. He's fighting at UFC 201 in Atlanta, Georgia. And he took on Alan Patrick in his UFC debut. And he took it on less than a week short notice. And he put on a very, very valiant effort. So definitely look out for my talk with him. And we also welcome back the vet, the OG Desmond the Predator Green, always a pleasure to talk to that guy. I mean, when's he gonna be in the UFC? I've been waiting forever. Great fighter, great dude. Can't wait for you to check that one out. And then for the first time, we got Tony Martin, UFC Lightweight, on the show. He's taking on Michelle Prezeris. You guys all remember when Valmir Lazara fought Michelle Prezeras. Uh that was probably one of the worst robberies of that year, and I think Tony Martin is trying to right the wrong. And he's going to go out there and knock out Michelle Prezeras. So here we go. I hope you guys enjoy. Joining me on this very special edition of Half the Battle is Josh Hill. Josh, welcome to Half the Battle, man.
1: Hey, man. How's it going? Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, man. It's my pleasure. It's going amazing. And, dude, I mean, obviously you're taking on Marlon Moraes. We all know what happened the first time. I mean, in my opinion and the opinion of all my friends, and I'm sure in your opinion, too, you got job pretty damn hard in that fight. So I mean, first of all, you understand you got to go out there and finish him this time around, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I can't uh, leave it in the hands of the judges like that again. With you know a close fight like that, for sure.
0: I mean, dude, it's one of those situations where you could beat his ass four to one, even five nothing. And y- you know, I mean, I got to be careful of the words I use here. But in these other yeah. leagues, they go for their guy. So you, 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 did you see that Fedor fight the other day?
1: I did. I did, man. That was scary.
0: <laughs> Dude, so it, you're in one of those situations, my man, because they would have let Fedor die in there before they uh, stopped the fight. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. I, uh, even the ref stepped in for that one second when his melt car was out, and then, you know, let him keep going. That uh, I thought that fight was probably a draw. I had it 10-8 the first round, and then I had Fedor the next two, but, you know, in Russia, right?
0: Dude, and not only did the ref uh, give him back his mouthpiece, he gave him a breather right as the <laughs> as the finishing sequence was about to happen. I was like, are you kidding me right now?
1: Yeah, I wasn't surprised with it being in Russia.
0: And it's not just a Russian thing. I mean, I don't know if you watched uh, Bellator the other day, but Matt Mitrione, so he gets knocked out. And I'm talking knocked out. And uh, the ref lets him keep taking punches to the point where he wakes back up. And then he goes on to win the fight, and I'm like, dude. And Okay, and then listen to this. A couple of hours later, Matt Mitrion's in a suit in the commentary booth. He's facing off with his next opponent who he's fighting in three weeks. I mean, this shit is crazy, bro.
1: Three weeks, eh? Wow, that's pretty crazy. I'm surprised he got cleared for that.
0: I mean, uh, I, you know, word on the street is he got cleared, but did he really get cleared? You know what I mean, Josh?
1: yeah you you never know who knows what's going on behind the scenes?
0: so i mean i gotta know your mindset man let's say you drop marlon morais and you know you're trying to go for the finish let's say he survives and then the next couple Mm -hmm. rounds are closed you can't feel confident man you gotta you gotta put the exclamation there man because they want their guy to win as unfortunate as it sounds
1: yeah yeah 100 percent. that's just like the first fight i uh the first round i heard him a couple times and and did a lot of damage to him but then i kind of took my foot off the gas a bit in rounds two and three uh and then came back harder in rounds four and five but you know it was uh wasn't enough to seal the deal so yeah i'm gonna uh i heard him i I just gotta you know keep that foot on the gas the whole time and uh don't give him a chance to breathe or recover at all and and really you know obviously i want that finish but if it's if it's not going to be a finish it's got to be like 100% definite you know i won that fight
0: yeah, now I'm not one to give a fighter advice because, you know, obviously you're the fighter. I'm the guy that watches the fights. But I would recommend, uh, you know, put yourself in the line of fire, man. If you get knocked out, you get knocked out. But, man, you got to put this guy away.
1: Yeah, no, I agree totally 100%. I got to, you know, um, I think the only difference in that fight was, I think damage-wise, I did a lot more to him Um but he just was more active and threw more shots at me, even though he didn't really hit me with much, nothing really significant. Uh, he was just the person that was coming forward more and throwing more shots at me. So, and so, uh, and the judge's you know mind they see that he's being the more active fighter. So I got to just be in his face and yeah, just, uh, you know, not overly reckless aggression, but calculated aggression and really just, you know, open up and let my hands go. I think, uh, that fight was a huge confidence booster for me um, you know I, I was a huge underdog in that fight everybody thought i was just gonna get wrecked in the first round and uh, and then i go five rounds all on the feet with this guy so you know he saw my power you know i saw what he throws and uh you know i don't think he's gonna want to clinch with me at all um but you know i can't wait to get back in there and just let it go
0: yeah, man, let it go. That's what it's all about. And it's funny you bring up how, you know, you did more damage, but he was more active. But I guarantee you, if the roles were reversed, and you were more active, and he did more damage, it would be the same result. Because like we said, man, they want their guy to win. So let it all out on the line, my friend.
1: Yeah, sir, sure, dude. That's the plan.
0: And, uh, dude, I want to talk to you about your fight against uh, Bekbulat Magomedov. It's funny, because he was 16-0 and going into this fight. And, you know, one of my buddies was like... Dude, this guy, Bekbulat, you know, Sambo World Champion, I'm going to bet on him to beat Josh Hill. And I was like, dude, bad idea. Do not bet against Josh Hill in this spot. And it's funny because uh, Bek Bulat, he's shooting for takedowns. Uh, he's going in there head first. He's not even setting up his takedowns. I was like, what is this guy doing? You clearly won every round. And then it was a split decision again.
1: Yeah, those judges that night, man, were crazy like even backstage we were watching some of the fights beforehand and like some of the decisions that were calling was like what the hell is going on man but yeah i i felt that i won every round uh there was no like dominant round. um i was actually that was kind of a frustrating fight like i was whenever i engaged he would retreat and just be out of range and then he would you know shoot in and i would stuff it but i just i couldn't find my range really with him he was a little bit longer and it was just hard to hit but uh yeah i thought i won every round pretty uh pretty easily
0: now, when you tie up with a Sambo world champion who, at the time, was sixteen and I mean, what what kind of strength did he possess?
1: Uh to be honest, not not. I wasn't overwhelmed. At one hundred and thirty five, there's not a lot of guys. You know, you put me in there with that, I'm not going to outpower them, or at least be on the same level as power with them. Um, you know, I work a lot of clinch work, a lot of wrestling clinch work on the wall, and I'm really, really comfortable there. And and you know, I felt him, and, and I think you know the weight cut for him is big too. He looked really, really sucked out at the weigh-ins, and even when I seen him in the cage, he looked like he didn't bounce back as as big as I thought he would. Um, so I don't know if that had a factor at all, but yeah, I, I felt uh, I felt like the stronger guy for sure.
0: Now, when a guy starts shooting in for takedowns head first and he doesn't even set them up, are you like, okay, thanks, man? Like, or were you like, oh, this is the Sambo world champion?
1: Yeah, I was surprised that was because I was. I knew that he would do that. I knew he would shoot for sure, or he at least try to clinch up with me and take me down in the clinch. But, yeah, it was just like, you know, I heard my coach in the corner when he shot. He's like, that's it. That's all he's got. And you can see everything coming. You're a step ahead. And I was like, damn, you know, I am. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was kind of surprised a bit. Uh, I thought it would be a little bit more, um, you know, more fluent, more set up, and it would be harder to defend.
0: Now, your next fight, you took on Bendy Casimir. Obviously, he's a vet of the sport. And uh, you, you finally got all three judges to see it in your favor. And it's funny because it's not like, uh, you know, there was much difference in terms of that and your fight with Beckblatt or Marlon in the sense that you were the rightful winner each time. But this time, there wasn't any bullshit. And coincidentally enough, it wasn't in World Series of Fighting.
1: Yeah, did, did you see that fight with Bendy? Did you happen to see it or not? I actually
0: didn't get a chance to see it, because I, I don't know where to see it, man.
1: Yeah, I think the only place you could have to it was on the Fight Network and, uh, like, go fight live. But it was uh, the most awkward fight I've ever had to do, man. Um, I, I knew Bendy's been fighting for a long time, and I watched his last few fights. And, man, all he needs is southpaw. He's got really long arms, and all he does is throw a spinning backfist, and he, like, rolls into Donkey Guard and just goes guys for your legs every time you engage so that's all he did the whole fight and uh, every time i went near him he'd just spin back fist and then dive right from my leg then i'd defend it get back up and then you know the same thing again it was just really really awkward
0: but then again if that was in a, a different league i'm gonna stop throwing shade but if that was somewhere else you never know it could be a 29 28 casimir (laughs) 30-27, 30 27 yeah. <laughs> hill and 29 28 you know what i mean the winner by split decision it, you know it could have been some more bullshit but uh you got the victory there so it had to have felt good huh oh
1: yeah yeah for sure i there was i don't i get you never know you're right but I, there was no question that after the fight was done that i won you know i, I dropped him a few times kicks to the body and um but yeah wherever you go you know some some retarded judges out there and uh you never know what the hell they're looking at
0: so, dude, let's put the scoring aside for a sec. Let's talk about just you going five rounds with a guy like Marlon Morris. I mean, how hard does he kick? How hard does he punch? How hard is he to take down? Just what kind of fighter is he compared to the other guys you've been inside the cage or ring with?
1: Um, well, he's definitely the best guy I've ever been in there with. You know, I think he's I think he's ranked like 6th in the world or 7th in the world by most, most rankings. So, he's good. He's a well-rounded fighter. Uh, his... Um, you know, the thing with us was we both move a lot. We both have a lot of movement. Uh, we both have good footwork. So in our fight, it was a battle of footwork and who's going to make that first mistake. Um, and we, when we did come together, we both threw heavy heat. Um, his kicks, you know, I've watched a lot of his his fights and, and he chopped a lot of guys down with his his kicks. He got a lot of really good low kicks. And, you know, with me, uh, I, just, I think with my movement, I kind of stifled that a bit and I checked a couple. So he didn't throw many kicks to the legs at all with me through lots to the body, and some to the head, um, which I blocked the majority of. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's fast. Um, he's got good movement, good uh, good footwork. Um, you know, he didn't want to clinch at all with me, uh, which I would like to do more of this time. We'll see what happens. But I'm, gonna, I'm just going to mix this fight up, you know, and uh, there's going to be a lot of striking. There's going to be clinch. There's going to be wrestling, probably some grappling. And uh, wherever this fight goes, I just want to make him pay.
0: Man, so you were supposed to fight uh Shaman Marais at one point, huh? That dude is no slouch.
1: Yeah, yeah, we were supposed to fight uh, before him. I can't remember what happened. Um, I don't know what happened exactly, but yeah, me and him were scheduled to fight, and then something happened, and I ended up fighting Marlon uh, in February of last year. Um, yeah, and then Shaman went on to fight him afterwards, and I think Marlon, I think he subbed him in like the second or third round or something like that. Uh, and I'm, uh, since then, Sheamus, uh went up to 45, which I think is probably a better move for me. It looks a lot better and more healthy.
0: Yeah, you versus Shaman would be a crazy fight because that dude, like I said, he's no slouch at all. Now let me ask you something. You mentioned how you checked a couple of uh, Marlon Moraes kicks. I mean, what's that shin on shin like when you guys are going 100%?
1: Um, it's like more of the next day, <laughs> uh, it sucks, but, um, you know, I'd rather take it there than on the thigh, a couple of those, cause then I'm not, I'm not moving in the cage much. I'm not going to be walking right for a little while. So I much rather have that check, even though it does suck. Um, and it's, you know, you can feel the next day, but I'd rather have that all day than, you know, taking those on the, on the thigh or the, you know, back of the leg or anything like that. So, um, you know, <laughs> definitely, uh, you know, a must. Especially when a guy like Marlon, because he, he kicks really hard and fast.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. So, hey, you're taking on Marlon Moraes, July 30th, WSOF 32, main event. How's this fight going to go down, man?
1: Oh, and new. And new champion. That's how it's going down. Um, it's pretty sweet, me and uh, me and Lance. I'm, I'm actually down here at uh, in California Team Mouth right now, getting ready. And Lance is the co-main event. He's fighting for his belts back. Um and then I'm fighting Marlon for uh, for my belt. So that's uh, it's going to be good. Um, you know, it's going to be two new champions. That's what we're planning. That's what uh, I'm expecting. And, uh, you know, however this fight goes, I can see it ending. I don't know. I can see this fight in so many ways. I thought about it a million different ways. I could see it anything very quick. I could see it being another five-round war. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Um, but I expected my hand to be raised at the end of this one.
0: Awesome. Well, Josh, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Right here, right now on Half the Battle, let the audience know where to follow you on social media. And anything else you want to plug, man, now's the time.
1: Yeah, uh, follow me at GentlemanJHill. That's my Instagram and my Twitter. Uh, My Facebook is, you know, just follow me Josh Hill. Um, That's pretty much it, man. Uh, Yeah, just shout out to all my supporters and friends and family and teammates and everybody that's been helping me get ready for this and uh, sponsors and and thanks for having me on man
0: absolutely man and uh stick around for a sec because i got a couple off-air questions for you all right
1: yeah man no problem
0: all right cool welcome back to half the battle i'm your host as always daniel levy and joining me on this very special edition of half the battle is desmond green des welcome back to half the battle man Hey, appreciate
2: it, bro. Appreciate it. How's it going?
0: It's going amazing, dude. It's great to have you back on the show. Uh, congrats on the big win, man.
2: Uh, thank you. Thank you. Knocking, knocking them down one by one, slowly but surely. Yeah, there you go. go. <laughs>
0: and, you're, and you're taking on a dude named Dez. So, I mean, you had to show him who the real Desmond is in there.
2: Oh yeah, bro! Like as soon as, as soon as this fight like got announced, you was like, "Oh well, you, you got a guy named Desmond Hill." I'm like, "Oh shit, boy! Desmond's not a common name," but I'm like, "I gotta show this guy you know, there's only one true fan." I'm a, I'm a real big Dragon Ball Z fan, so I was like, "Yo, there's only one true fan," you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was fun getting
0: to fight a guy in my name. So you you expected to knock him out in the first round, and he was actually tough enough to go all three with you. Were you surprised by that? Yeah, I was. Um, you know, his, he he was uh his stuff was a lot better than I uh, uh, predicted it
2: to be. Um, you know, not to make any excuses, but the guy did come in nine pounds heavy, and you know that definitely plays a lot, especially when you know you a guy like him that's coming down at 155. I was banking on him having a hard weight cut and uh, you know dying out, but when you uh you know you skip your job and you kind of take the easy way out and come in nine pounds over. Uh, You know you're gonna be a little bit bigger, so you know that was something I had to adjust to even during the fight I I could definitely feel the weight difference especially with me coming up from 145 and him coming down from 185 to 170 But you know it is what it is. I got the job done
0: Holy shit nine pounds overweight. I mean one doesn't simply come in nine pounds overweight When did you find out that he he wasn't gonna come in at 55? Yeah.
2: that that's the that's the that's the bullshit because you know like you said you know you don't just come in nine pounds over you 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 know that you're gonna be that much over and they didn't even tell me until literally like an hour before weighing so you know I'm sitting there we're all waiting checking in with the commission I'm at 156 you know I did my job and uh, you know the guy's like oh he's not, he's gonna he's a, he's a little over so all right that's cool you know couple pounds you give me twenty percent and he's like ah. Uh, Let's just do one sixty four. I'm like, in my head, I'm like that's more than a, like, That's more than a little over. But you know, I, I want to fight. I got people coming. I got places to go. So I'm like, you know, let's just do it. Nine pounds over. I don't care what it is. Just um, cough up that money and I make them pay. And uh, it's pretty much what happened.
0: Wow. So there was no hesitation on your part to say, you know, fuck this, because I mean, it's not like you'd be a pussy if you pulled out. The dude was nine pounds overweight.
2: Yeah, no, no. And I, I'm still young, and I actually, I should have put a cause in there that you know, the following day he only be a certain amount. But I didn't. I just said, let's do it, let's sign, whatever. Uh, I said, let's do catch weight at 164, and we'll just fucking go. So like, I, I was sitting there trying to chug liquids, you know, to you know, to try to get back up to um, you know somewhere to where he was. But you know, even still, I still weighed in like three, three, four pounds under under him. But, uh, you know, it it was motivating, you know, just letting me know, like, the fact that he came in nine pounds over and let me know that he didn't take this as serious as I did. So, you know, can't complain. That is what it is.
0: Yeah, and I don't know why you wouldn't take a fight with Desmond Green seriously, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure. I think, honestly, I'm not even lying. I I think he knew. Fighting me because he
2: doesn't really fight at 155. I think he knew he was gonna come in over. He was gonna try to use that to his advantage. You know, give up the 20 percent, and you know, it's a win-win for him. You know, if he loses, he's expected to lose, not to be an asshole. And if he wins, just uh, it's a plus. You know, he beat um, you know, somebody that's you know, got a lot of fights and I'm 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 highly highly ranked. So I I'm 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 going on it. I'm gonna say he came in on overweight on purpose.
0: Yeah, it was one of those situations where. You know, do you think that he did it like he prepared this months in advance, or do you think at, at some point he just decided to stop cutting the weight? No, I, I think you know, I think I think originally
2: he probably wanted to make the weight, but you know, I think I definitely think. Um, before, like at least two weeks before the fight, he knew because you know when you're cutting weight, you know you're on a regimen, you know how much your body's losing, you know how good you're doing, how the how your diet is going, and um, you know a week, to, maybe even seven days, you're gonna know if you're gonna make weight or not. And uh, you know I think I think it came down to it, and he you know he made a conscious decision like I know I can't make 155, but I'm not gonna pull out the fight. I'll just come in, get as low as I can, and then you know give up my 20 percent. So. Yeah, uh, I honestly think that's what happened.
0: Yeah, I'll just come in nine pounds overweight. No big deal.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And I, I don't even get it
2: because I'm like, you know, he's lucky. Like, you know, some people wouldn't even take the fight. You know what I mean? But to me, I'm like, I'll, I'll fight whoever, whenever. So I took it.
0: That's what I'm saying, <laughs> dude. You, you could have totally not taken that fight.
2: Yeah. The promoter
0: was all worried. Oh, he just, all right,
2: listen. There's no way anybody's going to take their ass whooping. I signed a contract. I'm here. I do my part. I don't care, you know.
0: So, do you feel like you taught him a lesson for those 15 minutes?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it, it, he, although I didn't get to finish, um, he definitely, you know, I definitely did. Uh, I got a unanimous decision. Um, I actually stumbled him in the first round. He caught me with one good shot in uh, the beginning of the round, and that literally may have been the only time he, um, he hit me. Um, everything else is it was, it was pretty much a one-sided fight.
0: Do you feel like you broke him at any point in the fight? Um, yeah, you know, I think, I think
2: towards the end of the second round, he, he's seen that he, he wasn't able to hit me. He wasn't able to grab me. Um, you know, I, I kept, I kept, um, you know, getting control of him, uh, getting the tips, you know, on the rope, And, uh, I could, I could kind of see in his face, you know, the first couple, after the first round, he, he lost that sense of urgency. I felt like, you know, he was just fighting to survive, then he was just going into survival mode and, uh. You know I, I, you know, I didn't feel too much, too threatened after the first round. You know, you're kind of seeing somebody's eyes when they want to hurt you. And, uh, he you know, he had that look in the first
0: round. But after the first round, I didn't really, um,
2: didn't really sense a sense of urgency from him.
0: So when you're fighting a dude and you feel like, you know, he's just surviving in there, does that at all make you want to turn it up? Or do you just feel like, hey, I can just coast now that this guy's not even going to try that hard?
2: Uh, it all depends, really. Um, you know, at initially, you want to just turn up, and be like, "All right, lit. He's on. He's backpedaling, let Me, um, you know, I smell blood. Let me bite down." But um, you know, y'all, you, you got to be smart about it because some guys are real deceptive. You know, they may, they may, um, for a little bit seem like they're backing up, and then you know, next thing you know, they're throwing like a twenty, thirty second flurry at you. So, um, me, I was just trying to do my thing the whole fight. You know, I was just trying to be aggressive, land my shots. You know, work my wrestling, and uh, it worked pretty good for me. I'm not gonna lie, this is. 21 fights I have, 22 I think now, and uh, this is my first time ever fighting in a uh, in a boxing ring. So, like, I've, I've only ever fought in the cage before, so that definitely was a big difference. I had to kind of get adjusted to it. I, I'm not a fan. If, uh, if I had a choice, I don't think I'd ever fight in a boxing ring again. <laughs>
0: yeah, you can't wall walk in a boxing ring. Yeah,
2: that's why I don't like because I'm a I'm a wrestler by nature and I get a lot of I pressure guys. I get a lot. I'm I'm still used to getting guys up against the gate and uh, you can't go anywhere. But with the boxing, you got more give. You know, um, it's not it's not even like you know when you get, when you got somebody in the eye, the got you get them against the gate. Boom, they're stuck there. Um, but in the boxing, you know they fall out. Like a couple of times, I'm on top of this guy Desmond. I'm hitting him. We go, out of, we go out of the ropes, and then the ref stands us on our feet. Like, if, if, I don't know if you see the fight. One of the times I got in an argument with the ref in the middle of the fight. This guy's swinging at me. I'm talking to the ref. I'm like, yo, what do you because like, in the back, the ref's like, you know, if you guys go out, we're going to start you in the same
0: position. And I'm, I'm on top of him, landing hips. We go out, and he stands us. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this? <laughs> oh, man, that's some bull. So, I mean, when you get stood up from a, you know, dominant position like that, and you're landing ground upon pound, what does that do for your confidence to know that, hey, I got to start all over again?
2: Not gonna lie, It's a bit frustrating. You know, it definitely is frustrating. But luckily, um, you know, like, I'm I'm real poised out there. You know, I uh, I know I can get a takedown whenever I want. So, like, it, it didn't really frustrate me too much. It more just, like, it kind of pissed me off because I'm like, yeah, I just – I worked to put this guy in a bad position. I worked to put me in a great position. And – All this guy has to do is roll out of bounds and we start back on our feet, you know what I mean? Especially with a guy like him who's who's already came in so heavy, you know, he's only relying on power punches, Um, you know, so it is frustrating, but it was something I had to deal with, you know.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. You got to overcome. It's probably a great experience for you. And I'll tell you what, man, I mean, it's not just in a ring. I mean, I've seen a bunch of refs in cages. They'll do these early stand-ups, you know, someone will be passing guard and they're clearly working and the ref will just stand them up.
2: Yeah. Listen, my, I think it was like three fights ago. Not even lying, bro. I'm not lying. I'm on top of this guy. I'm punching him in the stomach. Like, literally, I'm punching him, and the ref grabs my hand, my punching hand, and stands us up. Like, as I'm going down to land another punch, he stands us. I'm like, wait, wait, what? I thought, I, like, you stopping the fight? I'm like, we're standing up. Like, you know, I was so confused, but, you know, it's just... It's one of those things, man. You never know what the ref is going to do. You never know what the judges are going to judge. So you just got to go out there and fight your fight.
0: Yeah, it's truly unbelievable. But the good news is uh, you're getting all this experience under your belt. So by the time you make it to the UFC, you'll have seen everything pretty much.
2: Yeah, for sure. That's the that's thing I tell a lot of people. Like Everybody always asks me, like, oh, are you ready to get to the UFC? Are you ready? And, um, you know, my record is really deceiving. You know, I got like 21 fights, but I've only been fighting for three and a half years. And i am only been training for three and a half years. You know, I, I started fighting as soon as I started training because I was a wrestler. So, you know, I didn't need too many amateur experience. But um, I'm in no rush. You know, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get everything I can out of it before I get to the big show. That way I make no mistakes because, you know, you, you make a mistake there. And, uh, you know, that's not able to set you back, you know, much further than had you make mistakes before you get to the big show, you know.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree, and I mean, you see that with a lot of people's careers, so I definitely agree with you, you're taking the right steps, yeah. and, and next up, man, you're taking on Frank Carrillo at Titan FC 40, and I mean, this is a guy, you know, you're speaking of deceptive records, his record is a little bit deceptive too, you know, a lot of people would be like, yeah. oh, he's just some journeyman, but this guy has actually beat some UFC vets in the past.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely, um.
0: You know, a guy like
2: Frank is um, somebody, like you said, if you just look at him on paper, you know, he wouldn't be too thin. But, uh, you know, two of my teammates have fought him, uh, Yuri and um, Abel, and, you know, they both told me, you know, he's a tough guy. I watch video, and I can just tell from the video, you know, I can tell he's a tough grinder. You know, he, although he's 10 and 6, um, it doesn't really tell the story about him. You know, he's a good fighter. I definitely have to be fully prepared. Um, he looks like he's strong, and he's another guy that uh i don't know what it is i just move up to 55 and i'm fighting all of these heavy guys but you know he's another heavy guy that's coming down from uh you know he used to fight at 185 so i'm gonna go out on a limb and uh i'm gonna say, i don't think he's gonna make weight but i'm gonna take the fight anyway of course and still make him pay for it
0: <laughs> yeah well, hopefully it's not by nine pounds this time
2: though oh man listen you know and i don't even mind that because i'm just like yo listen if you're gonna come in nine pounds over Give me a call the week before. I won't turn the fight down. i just say, cool, let's just do the catchweight wherever you're comfortable at. I just don't want to cut down to 56. You know, like last time, and this guy shows up an hour before weighing. He's like, oh, listen, I'm nine pounds. I can't get it off. Yeah. Like, come on, guy.
0: <laughs> Man, but I'll tell you what. Now You're the fighter here, so tell me what you think about this. I feel like there's a mental edge for the guy that cuts the weight.
2: Yeah, for sure. Definitely. You know, when I, when I, when I face a guy that doesn't come in on weight, you know, number one thing I think of is how did his camp go? Because when I'm in my camp, everything's accounted for, you know, I'm checking my weight every week, every, not every week. Well, I'm checking my weight every day, you know, making sure I'm doing the right workouts to, you know, maximize my body. And, you know, a guy that comes in overweight, all I think of is this guy's just been dicking around his whole camp, you know, eating what he wants, doing what he wants, working out whenever he wants and, you know, not really paying attention. Um, you know, to the details of things. And, uh, you know, me, my ultimate goal is to get to the UFC. And that should be everybody's goal. I feel like, you know, when I fight these guys that don't make weight, I'm like, you know, they don't they don't really want to be in the UFC because, number one, that's the number one thing that they hate is guys that don't make weight. So, you know, that just lets me kind of know, it lets me know how much, how serious they take their career.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's another... Uh you know, way to gain experience because, you know, at the in the back of your mind, you feel like, I can't lose to this guy. He doesn't want it as bad as I do. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Definitely. So how's it been going at the Black Zillions, man? Oh,
2: man, it's lovely up and down here, man. It's fucking lovely. Beautiful out. Like, it's, uh, I love it. And, uh, you know, the team is just so strong. We got so many guys in the room that I go with and I get, you know, working with on a daily basis, like, man, uh, you know, Henry, number one, Henry Hoof, like me and him has been getting so much work in. He's been helping my striking out so much, but when it comes to just my teammates, you know, uh, Gilbert, Durino, um, Michael Johnson, Jason Jackson, Abel Trujillo, you know, Kush. You know, I got, I got guys like that every day that I'm working out with. We're pushing the limits, pushing each other. Um, it's just great. You know, I really love that vibe and atmosphere up here.
0: Yeah, and speaking of uh, Gilbert Doreno, he's got a big fight coming up against a really tough European. How's he looking, man?
2: Yeah, yo, he, Gilbert, I'm telling you, I'm not even exaggerating, bro. Gilbert is looking the best I've seen him look since I've gotten here. You know, even the coaches, everybody in the room now, yo, damn, Gilbert's looking good. Like, you know, just yesterday, uh, Tuesday, we had Spar, and, you know, I was just watching him just tear it up in the room. You know what I mean? He's looking real good, just focused. He's, uh, he's, looking, he's looking good. I'm, I'm, I'm really confident that he's going to go out there and get this win.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's one of those dudes that if he takes you down, chances are the fight could be over very quick.
2: Exactly. And you know, I mean, that's the thing with him. He's so, so good on the ground. It's crazy. It's scary. But stand up is actually developing so much. It's like, you know, kind of wherever he takes it, you know, he's going to have the advantage. But like you said, if he gets you on the ground, a blink of an eye, he could, you know, put you on a submission, boom, just like that. So it's going to be a very interesting fight, you know, and uh, he's, he's been looking, he's been looking really hungry, real focused lately. So I'm excited to see how he does.
0: Yeah, and you know, a lot of people might criticize his stand-up, but I'll tell you what, the dude is so tough. I mean, he comes to fight every single time. Oh, yeah, for sure,
2: definitely. And you know, honestly, the people that criticize his stand-up, I don't even know what to say about them. Like, everybody always has something to say, but like, it's, it's different when you're out there. And you getting punches thrown at you, nothing ever is ever gonna look pretty, you know what I mean? So but he like you said, he gets it done, he gets in there, he's not scared to um, you know, throwing bang and you know, much respect to anybody like that.
0: No, absolutely. Did you see that fight between uh Danny Hot Chocolate and uh Dominique Steele like a month or two ago?
2: Yeah, man. You know, Danny, Danny, me and him actually lived together when he was here. You know, we was, uh, they got dorms up here for us. And uh, before I moved my family up here, me and him were staying together. And uh, so me and him are real close, real, real good friends. So yeah, I watched that fight. I was so happy for him, bro. I was so happy for him. Yeah, yeah. he really, he really deserved that. Like, it, it, and, and you know he. He just worked so hard for that fight, and man, I was on the edge of my freaking chair the
0: whole fight, just
2: screaming at my TV, like, uh, (laughs) I was happy for him. I was really happy.
0: Yeah, dude, it was an absolutely (laughs) incredible fight, man. Well, I'm glad to hear that everything's going good for you and the team, man, and uh, you got a prediction for your fight at Titan FC 40?
2: Yeah, man. It's no prediction. It's a guarantee. I'm going to get a finish. I wasn't happy I didn't get the finish the last fight. Um, I'm definitely, definitely going to get a finish this time around. Um, even just the way I, I think I stylistically I match up with um, this guy better. I think it's going to be a better matchup for me than um, the previous fight with Desmond. And, uh, you know, I definitely feel like I'm going to be able to get a finish. I won't be sad. Put it like this, I won't be satisfied with the decision
0: win. There you go man well uh thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me right here right now on half the battle. Let the audience know where to follow you man oh no problem so
2: listen i'm real active on all the social medias um instagram and twitter my name is the same it's predator tune p r e d a t o r tune t o o n and then uh on facebook you can follow my fan page desmond the Predator green and uh also my personal page is uh tune winning t o o n Winning spell without the G, so just W I N N I N. You know, go ahead, follow me up, hit me up, send me messages. I'm real active on there.
0: Awesome, Desmond. Thanks again for the time and best of luck in your fight, bro. I appreciate it, man. You have a good one. You too, buddy. See ya. Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, and joining me on this very special edition of Half the Battle is Damian Brown. Damian, welcome to Half the Battle, man. Thanks, bro. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. So, dude, you're fighting Cesar India in Atlanta, Georgia, at Phillips Arena for UFC 201. How pumped are you for this fight, man?
3: Very pumped, man. Pumped that, uh, pumped I get a full camp. Pumped that I, uh, you know, I got, I got what I consider a decent opponent. And um, you know, I'm just pumped to put on a put on a fight for the for the fans. Really, that's, that's why I fight. So.
0: Yeah, man, I mean the last time you fought, dude, correct me if I'm if I'm mistaken, but you took the fight on four days short notice. And it's not like you fought some slouch either. You went in there against Alan Patrick and you gave him a serious fight, man. Yeah, man, it was seven days
3: notice. You know, I cut twenty nine pounds for that fight and uh one of my biggest assets is being able to create a scramble and I you know, unfortunately I'd never I'd never cut that amount of weight and I didn't know what it was gonna do to me, so I didn't really have the scramble going on as much as I'd like, but, um, you know, man, I'm an Aussie, man, I I come to fight, I'll throw down wherever, I've got ground skills, I've got enough to defend, I've got enough to attack, and man, if you're going to stand and trade with me, the fans are going to get their money's worth, so, you know, I I did what I could in that fight, they even dropped my hands in the last round and said, let's do it, but he didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to take part, he was there for a paycheck, so, now, it was good to get it out of the way, but now I want to put a finish away and, uh, you know, give the UFC and the fans what they, what they expect from me.
0: Oh, yeah. Alain Patrick is definitely a guy that likes to play it safe. But, you know, in the UFC, you will find guys like that. So you gotta you got to be ready for the guys that just want to lay on you.
3: Oh, man, I, I was ready for it. Like, like we knew that was going to happen. You know, but you get your timing during, during fight camp. You know, I, I find during your fight camp when you know who your opponent is, that's when you, you know, you don't get any better, so to speak because you're already training but you know your game plan and then uh, you know through game planning and, and strategizing or whatnot, you, you work on your range and you work on your reaction times and you know that's how you counter stuff like that so I didn't have that opportunity you know seven days notice you don't get much time to work on your sprawl you just you know I, I knew I could fight so I took the fight you know I mean I can fight that's, that's what we do so you know I went in there and threw caution to the wind and he did what he had to do to win but um, you know Nine times out of ten, if he, gets me, if he gets me on a full fight camp, I'll put him away in the first. But, you know, that's in the past, and I'm ready to move on to the future and start doing that.
0: So. Yeah, and speaking of the future, like we said, you're taking on Cesar Arzamindia. And, I mean, Cesar's last fight, you know, I think he's going to come out very hungry to prove a point because, you know, his last fight didn't go his way, as you probably know. So he's probably going to come out here and try to bang, man. Fine with
3: that, man. If he's happy to stand and trade, let's do it. You know, I, I don't think his ground game is as good as what alarms is. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I think he'd be silly to take me to ground. But uh, I think he's silly to stand on the feet as well. So, yeah, you know, I think I <laughs> will win this fight wherever it is. You know I mean? I, I've, I've been working a lot on everything. And um, uh, it's my first time in seven years of fighting professionally that I've had a full fight camp without having to work. You know, I'm a full-time employee, I work, shift work, um, you know, my work's given me complete eight weeks off, so, um, you know, I started getting ready for it 12 weeks out, uh, took time off work from eight weeks out, so I've been in full fight camp now, like, you know, most guys are doing that anyway, but um, not in Australia, man, we got to work, you know, we got to pay the bills in between, so this is... Um, Definitely the best shape I've been in, man. You know, I'm I'm pretty close to weight. Everything's sort of working out for me right now, so I'm I'm definitely looking forward to um being the best me in that. So.
0: so you mentioned that you got to take some time off work. Now, word on the street is that you're a prison guard.
3: Yeah, that's correct, man. I I, I work in the prison system. You know, I got to pay the bills, so it's all right. You know, I work with good people. They make my life easy. You know, they um. When I can't get time off, some of them will work some shifts for me and, and what not. And, um, you know, I don't run around gloating about it inside the jail. You know, it's just a job, man. You know, they're normal people. things wrong in their life. Someone's got to manage them. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm just there to be their connection to the outside world, I guess. And uh, and uh, do that job and, and pay the bills and make sure that I can get to training every night. You know, that's, that's what I do. So... Yeah, it's
0: all right. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, i mean I'm sure you've spoken about it many times in Australia, but here in the States, you know, for a lot of the fans, it might be their first time hearing your story. So I mean, you got you got any good stories of you breaking up some fights down there? Uh,
3: man, you know, I, I don't really talk about what happens at work, what happens at work stays at work. Um, you know. But uh you know, it it's Joe, man. It's Joe. That's you know, that's what that's what happens in jail, and,
0: uh, yeah. Still there, man? Yeah, I'm still here, brother. Hey, fair enough. That's a fair response. I respect, uh, I respect that, man. Yeah, you
3: know, it's a fun job, man. You know, like, I enjoy it. Some people don't enjoy it. They just do it to pay the bills. I enjoy it. I think, uh, you know, the work environment sucks. Sure, I gotta work in the jail. Everyone knows what it is. You watch the movies. You know, it's not as bad as some of the movies, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a shitty place you know, it's, um, but like I said, it's, it's a government job out here in Australia and, and it pays bills and I, and I go there and I do my job and, and I enjoy it because I have to do it. So why I enjoy it, you know, and, uh, I got good, like I said, I got great colleagues, man. They're, they're amazing people, plenty of laughs. And, uh, you know, they, they all support my dream of fighting in the UFC and being successful and, and hopefully fighting full time. So, um, yeah, man, we'll, we'll, we'll see what comes with this one. And, uh, Maybe I'll be back at work, maybe I won't.
0: <laughs> so, is fighting a good way for you to balance it out? I mean, it, when did this become your dream?
3: Man, you know, I'm, I'm also ex military, you know, I'm an army veteran, served in Afghanistan. So, um, you know, I, I came back from Afghan, I, I had a couple operations when I got back on my feet, and, uh, you know, I, I just started fighting again just to keep myself, you know, not necessarily physically healthy because the military does that for you, but keep myself mentally healthy, you know, like martial arts for me is about being mentally healthy, and and I, and I believe that um, if you can get away from your day-to-day life, even if it's for half an hour, an hour a day, that's half an hour to an hour a day where you're free from the stresses of life, and I think martial arts does that for people, you know, and um, and definitely for me, it, it, that's what it does, and it keeps me healthy, keeps me um, keeps me healthy, keeps me happy, keeps me on track, so I, I think, you know, it helped me post army and more importantly it still helps me in my job today because um you know getting there and getting away from the stresses of life and the stresses of work and and all that sort of stuff is um, it allows you to, to just, you know, be free for a while. So yeah, martial arts is a, you know, it's a big thing. It's been a big thing in my life, so
0: Well, uh, first of all, Damien, thank you very much for your service, man. That's definitely appreciated. And, dude, i got to ask you because, you know, a lot of dudes don't have that much experience when they finally make their UFC debut, but you've had plenty of experience. You know what it's like to overcome adversity. You know what it's like to face defeat and come back and go on a win streak. Now you're in the UFC. How invaluable was that experience for you before making your debut in the big show?
3: Oh, it's massive, man, you know, I see these guys that are 6-0, and 7-0, you know what, I was 6-0 and once. Um, you know, I lost a few fights in a row and I had to find a way back. And then I won a few fights, you know, so I've had like losing streaks, winning streaks. I've been there, I've done that. You know, these guys haven't experienced it yet. That's what I'm there for, man. I'm there to, I'm there to help them experience that. So, um, it's, uh, it definitely is, the experience is invaluable, man. Like, I, when I had six fights, I was always looking for the fight. Against the guy that had four or five fought, fights more than me because, you know, fighting those guys with that experience also gives you the experience to fight people like that. So, you know, not only have I got the experience of lots of fights, but I've fought people with lots of fights. You know what I mean? I've fought experienced guys. So, um, you know, I think, uh, I think it definitely helps. Like, it, it, it's invaluable, really
0: yeah for sure man and uh obviously we already mentioned you're fighting in atlanta georgia and i mean that's a serious flight that jet lag is no joke how far out in advance are you coming here
3: uh, i'm coming out 10 days awesome. 10 days in advance yeah so I, i've been to the states before i've never fought over there but i i come over for a month in 2013 and i trained in colorado and um you know, I know the first four or five days is a little rough. I think Colorado was a little rough, man. The air out there is nice and thin, hey. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, I think three or four days, but you know, I think I think I can work around it. And uh, by the time we get into the into the guts of fight week, I should be um, I should be pretty balanced and pretty good to go.
0: Yeah, and you got. A bunch of Aussies re- repping your country very, very well. You got Jake Matthews. He's fighting next week against Kevin Lee. How do you see that one going down? Yeah, man, Jake
3: Matthews is a talented kid. Um, I think anyone will tell you the older you get, the more you've got to work on your cardio and, and, and your conditioning and stuff as well because, you know, when, you, when you're his age, man, you just got it. You know, I mean, I remember when I was 22, 23 years old, I could go 10, 5-minute rounds and never get tired. You know, I, I could live weights, train, do cardio, and hill sprints all day, and then go on at night. I think, you know, I, I think he he's a talented kid. He's four and one in the UFC, I think, and um, uh, you know, he's definitely making his mark on the division. He's repping Australia well, and I, I think I think he'll put Kevin Lee away, and maybe the second late late in the second round, maybe the third round. I don't think it goes to a decision.
0: And you got Mark Hunt fighting Brock Lesnar, and man, you know, just for me as a fan of this sport. I'm like, Mark, please put this guy away. I mean, this guy, you know, Brock, he he leaves the sport for five years, goes and does the fake wrestling, and if he comes back and he beats uh, Mark Hunt, it's just not a good look. I need Mark Hunt to go out there and knock him out. You know what I mean? Yeah, look,
3: you know, I think it's not a good look, man, but um, at the same time, people forget. Wasn't he an NCAA wrestler?
0: Oh, yeah, and he's a great competitor, no doubt about it. The point I'm trying to make here is, You can't just take five years off, go out, you know, go do your thing, and then come back to a sport like this.
3: Oh, no, I I agree, you know. um, I want Mark Hunt to win, man. I I think Mark Hunt will win. I think that fight is – has there ever been a fight that's more, you know, either it's going to go one way or the other? Like, has there ever been a fight that's been so evident that it's not going to be fought somewhere in the center? You know what I mean? It's going to either be Mark Hunt's going to knock him out or Brock Lesnar's going to take him down. You know what I mean? It's, I don't think there's been a fight that's been so far either way before. So, in my opinion, anyway. So I think, um, you know, I don't think Brock Lesnar will get Mark Hunt down. You know, he's short. He, he's got that, those powerful hips, man. You know, some of these guys that, that Lesnar takes down, they're kind of a little taller. But Mark Hunt, he's grounded, man. You know, he's good, on, he's good at keeping his feet planted and... uh. You know, he's good at defending that takedown. And more importantly, you know, we've seen of late, like the last couple of years, he can get off the ground, man. You know, guys do get him down, but he can get back up. So I think Lesnar's going to have a hard time keeping him down uh, if he gets him down. And if he doesn't do either, he's going to have a hard time that night because I think Mark Hunt's going to just, you know, he, he's definitely, he's got that accuracy, man. You know, he won't throw volumes, but when he throws them, and he hits Lesnar, I think Lesnar's going to have a really, really bad night.
0: Yeah, and in the five years that Brock Lesnar's been gone, Mark Hunt's been putting in work. He's been in there with the champion, with the former champion. I mean, he's been in there with everyone.
3: Yeah, no doubt, man. He's, he, he's fought the who's who, man. He fought the who's who before he got to the UFC, right? You know? He fought Aleister Overeem. He, he fought, you know, he fought heaps of people back in the day. So, yeah, Mark Hunt... Yeah, he's definitely man. It, it would it would suit him real nice for that strap around his around his waist. You know what I mean? Like he's been there, he's done it, he's a veteran. He's you know he deserves a title shot. And I think uh, I think if he puts Lesnar away, man, he might get that. So uh, yeah, it'd be nice to see. So up Yeah, definitely.
0: And how about that? This kid, uh, Robert Whittaker. Man, he's uh, he's something special, huh?
3: Yeah, man. uh you know, I, I don't know Rob real well, you know, he's in Sydney, which is a fair way away from Brisbane, but, uh, he, he's talented, man, you know, I watched, um, I watched him fight for ages now, you know, back when he was like, I think he was like 9-0 and 0 or 9-1 and 1 or something like that, you know, I've watched him for years now, and, um uh, he's just got that style, and, and he's, you know, he's got age on his side. I don't even know how old he is. But he's like twenty five or something.
0: Yeah, something like that. Twenty four or
3: something. You know, he's, it's, it's like it's like watching Rory McDonald all over again. You know what I mean? Um, he was young. He developed in the UFC and he got better and eventually he got a title shot. And I think, and you know, from from my opinion, like that's that's exactly where Whitaker is at the moment. Now he's so good, but he's got so far to go. Like he he's, the, his potential to be better is amazing. Um. And I think, you know, he's going to be there for the long haul. I don't think, I don't think could going anywhere. Uh, you know, he, he's explosive too, man. So being so explosive, you know, he, he's got that, he can cover that distance quick and he's striking's good. Um, it'd be nice to see him fight someone like, you know, Romero or someone like that who's got that wrestling ability, you know, that, that Olympic wrestling caliber um, to the test. But, um, you know, I've, I, he obviously hits hard, man. You know, if he hits you, you're going down. So, um <laughs> yeah seen what he did to Tavares, you know what I mean? So, um, if his timing's on and he closes that distance and you don't see it coming, you're not going to see it coming. So, man, I would, I definitely wouldn't be disappointed to see him get a title shot. You know, he does that shot against This thing had that, uh, he's meant to fight him and he pulled out. And, you know, there was the guys in that top five. Some were injured. You know, some were coming off losses. It'd be quite fitting to see um, see him get that shot. So, we'll see what
0: happens. Yeah, Rob might be the first guy to bring back gold to Australia. That'd be amazing to see, man. Well, Damien, before we get out of here, man, I need a fight prediction. How's your fight with Cesar Arzamedia going to go down at UFC 201 in ATL?
3: Man, it'll, it'll go down however I want it to. But, uh, it's, uh, I think, um, definitely won't be a decision, that's for sure. You know, I think, um... It'll depend on him. If he wants to take it to the ground, i finish by sub. If he wants to stand up, I'll knock him out. I don't care. So I think uh, the fight will finish somewhere in the first or second round. We'll see what happens.
0: Well, the fans are going to be really happy to hear that. And, Damien, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. Let the audience know where to follow you on social media and anything else you want to plug now. Now's the time, man.
3: Yeah, man. Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, that's all I got, but follow me at Beatdown155, check out my stuff, like it, share it, get me out there, man, let people know who I am, because I come to fight and I fight for the fans.
0: Well, that's why you're on Half the Battle right now, because I only talk to guys that come to fight, so thanks again, Damien, and I hope you have a great day, man. Cheers, man, see you guys. See you, man. Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, and joining me on this very special edition of Half the Battle is Tony Martin. Tony, welcome to Half the Battle, man.
4: Hey, thanks guys. Thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely, man. It's my pleasure. So, dude, let's get right down to it. You're taking on Michelle Prezeris, July 23rd, UFC on Fox 20. You stoked? Yeah, I'm really excited, man. uh,
4: I think it's a great matchup for me, a great fight, and I feel great.
0: Dude, it's an absolutely great matchup for you. First of all, did you watch a uh, Procerus versus Valmir Lazaro by chance? Oh, absolutely, dude. I mean, was that not one of the worst decisions you've ever seen? Oh, I was. Uh, I couldn't believe it.
4: I mean, mostly because they're both Brazilians.
0: So I, I mean,
4: you expected to have a legit judging going on, but yeah, I thought. Uh, you know, he he lost those last two rounds easily, handedly. So I don't know. I don't know what happened, but that's, uh, I guess, good for me. You know, Lazaro, he's a six-foot striker, so it was kind of a great look uh, for me leading into the fight, too.
0: Dude, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like this is a similar matchup as that one, and you know uh, Valmir Lazaro was the underdog, so I'm still bitter about that because you know I bet on him and I, he clearly won. And I think you're going to be the underdog here, going to be betting on you, of course. And I mean, look, the thing with Michelle Procesa, so we, we all know the deal: five foot six, stocky, throws big bombs, and he's uh, pretty heavy on top.
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, his game is very simple and. Uh he's obviously really good at it but I watch him and and nothing nothing impresses me you know nothing uh he does makes me be like I gotta watch out for this you know I think it's just one of those fights that I just gotta be ready to go you know if he he somehow land to take them I just gotta get back up right away and then uh and also I think you know the differences between me and Lazaro is going to be the big differences in the grappling department I think that uh my offensive grappling is actually could come into a big play too, mostly when, uh, Cazeros gets tired a lot. He gets really tired. He starts to fade and I think he makes a lot of bad decisions. And I think those are, uh, spots that Lazaro didn't capitalize on, capitalize on. And, uh, and I think these are things that I'll, I'll take advantage of and finish the fight
0: definitely now man in your last fight i mean not only did you get the victory but you made such big improvements you know everyone always criticized you for you know you look like a world champion in round one and then round two you might be a little gassed but i'll tell you what against felipe Oliveri, you actually started off a little bit slow and then in round three you finished him so you corrected your mistakes man
4: yeah no you know that's
0: been a thing uh
4: well, I think I think it was all more just getting comfortable. You know, I think that, uh, you know, instead of just having to force everything and, and then uh, finally, you know, the second round is when uh, I feel like, I don't know, something just clicked, and I just resorted to all my training and kind of just let my training take over for, I, I think, the first time instead of trying to think about what I'm going to do. And, uh, and that way I just reacted, and, and it was definitely a great feeling, like you said, is to – come out in the second round and win the second round, then come out in the third round and finish finish them in the third. So that was definitely a lot of improvements and the same thing, you know, every camp I'm trying to get better and I you know, I do look at my weaknesses and, and uh and that's what I try to strengthen at
0: all, all the time. Another interesting thing that was uh, quite an opposite from some of your setbacks, you know, against uh, Rashid, Benny and Leo you know, like I said, you looked amazing in that first round. Against Felipe, you actually lost the first round. Is that a first for you?
4: Yeah, I think that I think that is a first. You know, definitely first in the UFC. I'm not, uh, uh, I don't think I ever lost uh, the first round before. So it was kind of, it was different. You know, I definitely knew he was landing the better strikes uh, in the first. And, uh, and I was wasting, same thing. You know, I was kind of just wasting a lot of energy on trying to take him down and uh trying to force it a little bit and and then for some reason the second round i was just in the corner and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna come out, and we're gonna fight you know and i uh and now it's definitely a huge different feeling you know I lose the first round and then, uh and then start taking over from there
0: so i mean what do you think it is that makes it so that now you do have the gas to go the full three-round distance is it just the experience like you mentioned or is it something you changed in your training
4: uh, no, I, I think it's definitely a little bit of both. You know, I think uh, you know I'm trying to train you know a, a lot more at my fight pace, and I, it's also a lot of exerting certain energy at the right times instead of the wrong times, and that comes with uh, you know having experience when you're in there. You're not, you know, uh, I think a big spot where I waste a lot of my energy is just on the cage when I'm uh, I'll shoot in, I'll get down on somebody, and then instead of sometimes just backing out. I keep on that grind and and that's where a lot of guys, you know, that's where you're going to waste a lot of your energy. So kind of one of those things that I've been just trying to figure out when to step on the gas and when to pull off a little bit. But, uh, and I think this is one of the perfect fights for the, to put everything together. Uh, Like I said, you know, preserve, he's obviously good. You know, he's won three UFC fights, but I don't think, I, I don't think there's anywhere out there that he's better than me. You know, and I think, uh, I think he's gonna be in a world of shock once he actually once 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 we
0: touch each other. I think he's gonna be shocked how uh, how physically strong I am too for being a six foot lanky guy. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like now you're poised to go on a run because you know you had the setbacks, you overcame adversity, and it's not like the guys you lost to are slouches either. They're all top 15 guys I mean you almost broke Rashid Magomedov's arm and you know he happened to survive you whooped Benny in the first round you whooped Leo in the first round they were good experiences for you but now you get Michelle Prezeris and you're gonna finally go on your first UFC win streak oh yeah man I'm super sorry you know I think
4: it is a great great time for me great matchup and like you said you know those last those three guys I truly think that uh if I fought them now i I'd come out victorious. I think it's more of my mental stage right now. I think I've matured a lot in the fight game and in my in the training room, and I think that uh I have the right training around me, the right guys around me, and I think it's definitely time for me to to keep putting my uh, stamp in the sport and keep uh and keep my name out there and keep getting on this win streak and then prove that. You know, those fights only made me better, and someday I, I definitely plan on them always uh, being shocked that this guy that they beat is, has surpassed them.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, you know, the only reason I would bring up your past setbacks, obviously I feel like fighters learn a lot from them, but I mean, when you almost break a guy like Rashid Magomedov's arm, and then he gets back up, I mean, is that discouraging, or did you just let out too much energy trying to break his arm?
4: No, I, well, you know that fight. I actually, you know, I tore my LCL and my hamstring a little bit,
0: and uh, so I
4: was, I was like two minutes into the fight, and you know, I was young. I was three years training. You know, I, I started training when I was twenty-one. I was just, I was literally almost to the date that uh, three years of training. So I, I didn't have a big background. You know, I wasn't obviously. I, didn't, I, I went in the fight thinking. I got to live or die by the takedown, you know, and that, and that, that's what cost me to fight. You know, it wasn't, obviously, you know, Rashid's very good, very good striker, very good takedown defense. And, uh, you know, just, you know, taking him down and then kept shooting in, shooting in, shooting in and not trusting uh, my striking at all is what really lost me the fight more than anything.
0: Now I got to ask you this. What's, what's scarier Rashid's striking or Benny's left kick? Oh, I mean, I, uh, I would definitely say I'd be a lot more,
4: I I feel a lot more comfortable going in with Benio than, uh, than Rashid striking, you know, because Rashid is very versatile and, uh, he's small, but he's, uh, versatile. You know, he's he's been doing that his whole life. You know, Benio, I think, came from a a grappling background and, you know, if you guys just get ready for one, one one strike, I definitely, I'd rather prepare for one strike than 100, so.
1: Um,
4: but they're both very good fighters, and
0: obviously they've earned where they're at, but, you know, I definitely plan on uh, surpassing them. Definitely, and then you take on Fabricio Camois in Brazil. I mean, one doesn't simply take on a Brazilian in Brazil. Not only did you beat him, you finished him in the first round with a Camora, and this is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, black belt. This is a guy that went 25 minutes in a bare-knuckle brawl with Anderson Silva. So, I mean, how good did it feel to get your first UFC victory in Brazil?
4: It's all great. You know, it was, just, it was still one of those things. You know, I took the fight on three weeks' notice and it was kind of, you know, I was coming off to two losses. So I had no choice. I had to jump in there. Um, it was kind of one of those you know, you have UFC's calling it, you. You got your own 2 You had no choice and you know, I, mean, I always like you know, fighting grapplers. You know, it's definitely should be a decent matchup for me where I feel like I should be able to get the better of the striking and and, and uh, hold my own with the grappling. But, uh, yeah, I just kind of went with the flow in that fight because it was three weeks. After, there was no game plan. I, I didn't watch really any film on them because all I was concentrating on the whole time was losing weight. Uh, so I was uh, just went into the fight, and I just said, you know, I'm just going to go with the flow and then... You know, the takedown came, and, uh, yeah, I got the Kimura, and that was huge. It felt great, you know, just to to get in the, try to get the mindset back and then uh, keep moving forward. You know, I was still very disappointed from my previous two fights. So It just felt good to get those behind
0: me. Now, you've actually won eight of your ten victories via submission, but you're a very tall guy. You use your range really well. Are we expecting uh, any knockouts in the future? Oh, man, I've been,
4: I don't know, I thought last fight, I thought, you know, that second round, I I heard him, and I thought for sure that it was coming, but um, no, there's going to be a lot lot of knockouts. I think, uh, I think um, in the next couple years here, that I'll probably be, I'm I'm fully expecting to be more known as a striker than a grappler, you know, but uh, I'm never going to get away from my grappling, because I know what got me here, and what I do well, but. I think it, uh, I, I do think my body's better fitted to be a really good striker, you know. So that's kind of been a huge focus of mine. Uh, last camp, uh, you know, like, you know, the, my last opponent, he was known as to be a really good striker, you know. So it was kind of a thing that it was nice to get in there, second round, start feeling comfortable and start out striking this guy. And, uh, no, I definitely plan on you know I, I plan on knocking uh, preservers out. I plan on putting them away, and I think that uh, if he's gonna if he's gonna be willing to stand and trade at all, I think that uh, I'm gonna have a huge, significant advantage, and I'm not gonna be you know, I'm gonna be in his face. I'm gonna be coming after him. So
0: I, I I I hope he doesn't just keep diving in on the legs so I can try to get that knockout. Uh, I expect him to try to throw a couple bombs, and then he's gonna be diving on your legs right away. Oh yeah, I mean, I kind of see it in the fights, but I think,
4: you know, I think he he's very comfortable moving forward. You know, he, he he's uh, he's stocky and and but I think he's gonna it's gonna be a little odd when uh, I I don't plan on I'm moving moving backwards. You know, I'm either moving to the side or I'm moving forward. Dude. I'm not going backwards. So if he wants to, you know, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna force him to strike. I'm gonna force him to 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 you to go where he's not comfortable and where I think that he's going to bring his anxiety levels up, gas him out, and then plan on putting him away.
0: Yeah, that's a great plan. And, I mean, he better go forward because, I mean, he's five foot 6 You're 6 feet tall, you know what I'm saying? Like, he has to close that distance.
4: Yeah, for sure. I mean,
0: I'm going to have almost a foot reach on him, and he's going to be, you know, he
4: comes in with wild hooks, and it is, it is kind of a hard matchup, you know, to really get ready for that kind of style. Cause not a lot of guys, you know, are, you know, 155 pounders at that stature and throw that, that wild, but also can wrestle, you know, and he's really, his main thing is to set up his wrestling. You know, I, I don't see, I see a big, strong guy, but I don't see true knockout power with his hands. I don't feel like if he hits me that it, I'm going to be going to sleep. So, uh, I think it's a big thing. I just go in there comfortable with my striking ability, and and then uh, just making him fight. You know, it's going to be a big thing. Is I I can't let him rest. You know, I can't I can't let him get in any spots where he can start catching his breath a little bit, relax. I, I want to keep after him, keep after him, and I want to test his cardio. We're going to see if he's coming in shape because if he's not, he's in a lot of trouble.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up. Now, even though you proved in your last fight that you know your cardio is on point. Do you want to make a statement about that in this fight particularly? That, hey, Tony Martin can go the full three-round distance? I mean, unless you knock him out, of course. No, I
4: don't want to go three rounds. I definitely <laughs> I definitely want to just put him away. Um, ideally, you know, I, I really want to get that knockout of this fight. But I do know the more you start hunting for stuff, the, the harder it is to get. So I'm going to kind of just stick to the game plan that we, me and my coaches have put together for this. And uh, kind of stick to that. But I think I, I truly believe my cardio is great. You know, I think that, you know, I, I think that I can go four or five rounds right now uh, next week if I had to. You know, so I think it's uh, I think I feel good. I think that everyone's going to see him. the second I feel him start to fade. I'm telling you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come harder. You know, so he's going to fade and then you are going to see me come even harder. And usually, you know, both guys start getting tired together, but I think it's going to be the opposite. You know, if he's going to get tired, I'm a certain, and I'm going to start, and i we're going to see. So, how much work I put in, um, not just my cardio, but my striking and my grappling. You know, I, I don't, I'm a true martial artist. I feel like every area is very important. And every area is, if you're not trying to get better in every area, that, that's how these guys
0: fall behind. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself, man. And how's that wake up? Because, I mean, you're a big dude for 55
4: yeah no i you know i'm I got a dietitian you know i'm uh with perfecting athletes now and uh I've been working with them and we got this fight the big thing is getting fights with a little bit of a notice you know i it's it's tough on my body you know my two Brazil fights I took on three week notice and then five week notice and those are kind of tough fights for me because you know outside of uh the fight, I can get up to two hundred pounds easily, but you know I was trying to kick around after this last at, uh I, I told myself I'm not going to get over 190, but when I'm in shape, I'm 183 pounds, so that's still, you know, almost 30 pounds, but that's, uh, you know, so I kind of walk around there for most of my uh, camp, and then I start cutting down a little bit lower and lower, but we, uh, everything's healthy now. I feel great. Last, last camp, I felt phenomenal. Fight week, I came in, the lowest I've ever come in, and I was eating breakfast, Dave Wayans, which I couldn't believe. So I'm uh, super excited about having perfecting athletes with me and and, uh, Wayans.
0: Yeah, man. And between the Leo fight and the Felipe fight, you actually took close to a year off. I mean, did you just take that time to reassess, grow, and evolve as a fighter? Because, I mean, you clearly came back and put on your best UFC performance to date.
4: Yeah, that was... uh... The big thing is, you know, I kind of, after that fight, I was like, you know, we, I kind of looked at the big picture and I was just like, you know, I don't think it's a, it's definitely not athletic ability difference. I really don't see a big skill difference. It's more, you know, I'm just not as comfortable yet. So I just spent time in the ground. Everything. You know, I was training full time still. And, uh, a lot of guys were fighting and I was in there and somewhere, you know, then I, I brought a new boxing coach in that, uh, Uh, One of my teammates was working with him one-on-one all the time, and Eddie Alvarez, so I was working with Eddie uh, diligently for five, six months leading up to that fight. So it was kind of just all these little changes I had to make, and I knew the big picture was I had to keep getting better. You know, No matter what I was doing, I just had to keep growing and trying to keep adding these new skills. And uh, so it was kind of one of those things, you know, I, I just took a step back, I was like, this is where I'm at right now. I'm at the bottom of the totem pole. That's not that's not where I expected to be. That's not where I wanna be. So what what's gonna get me there? And that's kind of what the coach you know, I sat down with my coaches and I was like, Listen, this is we gotta do, we gotta take smart fights right now because we don't need to fight six times a year. We don't you know, I'm not fighting to get this paycheck. I'm fighting, you know, to try to get to a world title someday. So we're like, okay, listen, we're not taking short-notice fights right now. We want we want these certain fights at these certain times so we can keep building, you know, and these are the things that uh, were important. So that's why, you know, I'm kind of, even this, between my last fight and this fight, it's been six months. It's kind of the same thing where I'm like, I don't want to jump into the fight on a three-week notice fight because right now that's not a smart decision for my career. I got to take smart fights
0: at the right time and then let's fight. I hundred percent agree with you man and I think that Michelle Prezeris is a perfect next step for you and I mean Joe Silva he obviously sees something in you that's the reason you're still here and I mean we all see something in you you even in your defeats you looked incredible early on but then you fixed whatever it was and then you went on you uh, submitted Felipe in the third round and now you're gonna take on Michelle and uh, we're expecting a knockout huh yeah absolutely man Awesome, buddy. Well, hey, Tony, I really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for speaking with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. Let the audience know where to follow you on social media. And uh, anything else you want to plug, man, now's the time.
4: Uh, yeah, just follow me at uh on my Twitter. And then uh, just mostly just want to thank all my friends, teammates, coaches, all my uh, my wife, obviously. She's been by my side from the beginning. So, And obviously, thank you guys for having me on the show. I appreciate the time. And I plan on putting on a, my best performance to date on uh, July 23rd.
0: I can't wait to see it. And real quick, there's another lightweight matchup on that same card you're fighting on. Edson Barbosa versus Gilbert Melendez. How do you see that one going down?
4: I, I think that Edson's going to win. You know, I, I, I don't know what's going on with Gilly, but he's kind of looked a little different the last few fights.
2: <laughs> if, if you I know thought, what I uh, mean.
4: Yeah, so I'm not gonna, you know, I don't know for sure, but you know, a lot of a lot of fighters have been looking a little different than they used to look. So I think that Barbosa has actually looked uh, the same. You know, there's nothing's changed in his 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 style of fighting and his uh, athletic ability. So I, I'm gonna give the edge to Barbosa.
0: And uh, we'll see how uh, your opponent looks on the scale. Hint, hint, wink, wink. <laughs> All right, buddy. Hey, thanks so much for the time, brother. And you have a great day. Okay. Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Take care. There you have it, folks. Half the battle. Thank you so much for listening. And big thanks to Josh Hill, Damian Brown, Desmond Green, and Tony Martin for joining me on this very special edition of Half the Battle. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Picks. Go to BestFightPicks.com and subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And until the next time... Enjoy the fights, and also, guys, remember, on International Fight Week, we're going to be doing back-to-back-to-back half the battles, breaking down each card. I'm talking UFC Vegas, the Tough 23 finale, and, of course, UFC 200. I'm going to have Robin Black and Sean Carey breaking down those fights with me, so make sure you tune in, and enjoy your weekend, guys.